Hey everyone, this is Chris Allman, President of Sanctuary. Welcome back to the Academy, where you get the tools, tips, and advice you need to grow your business. Today on the Academy, we're going to be listening in on a recent community training event that we put on at Sanctuary that was led by our Director of Strategy, Lauren Zills. We know that many companies struggle with hiring and retaining employees. It can be quite a challenge these days to get the word out, to convince good people to even show up to an interview and influence their decision to come on board and stay. Many companies are trying to achieve these goals, but they need a good strategy. They need a good playbook that'll achieve all their goals. That's where we'd like to help. Listen in today as Lauren discusses not only how to get the word out, but what you need to be doing to convince great people to even apply. It's more than just writing a job description and posting openings on job boards and your website. If you haven't thought much past the basics, then this presentation is for you. Sound good? Let's jump into it. If you guys don't know us, we are a digital marketing um, agency. So the majority of our clients, we help with lead generation. Um, past couple of years has been interesting with COVID, um, labor shortages, supply chain issues. So we've had a lot of discussions with clients and even some prospects um, about having need for hiring. So that's a common issue that I think a lot of people are struggling with these days. So um, Lauren, our director of strategy, um, is going to share some different tips with you guys and some things we've learned um, by helping our clients. So with that, I'll just introduce Lauren and let her take it from here. <laughs> Such a good hype man. Let's go, Lauren! <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us. Um, so a lot of this presentation, like Tom said, was based on needs that we were seeing in our market, in our community. Um, so we wanted to do something to really be able to help facilitate, you know, getting team members on your team. <laughs> um, so where I'm gonna start is starting out with the problem um, that we've been seeing, which I think we can get on the same page there pretty quickly. Um, the reasons that problem is happening, maybe potentially insight that you haven't realized um, is providing like impetus to that problem um, happening. And then the playbook, like how do we overcome that um, to get more people on your teams? Um, I'm hoping we can maybe like commiserate a little bit on a few of those uh, points and maybe like have some talking between you of like things you've been seeing um, individually. Uh, so the plays that we're going to go over then um, behind me are build your brand story, cover the basics, think like a marketer, not a recruiter, make applying easy, and then of course communicating <coughs> is critical, especially like after the fact, even when you think you have somebody on the hook to be on your team. Um, we've had a lot, lot of clients say, you know what, I can't get them to show up, or they come and then they quit the next day. So like, what does that look like and how to help with that on that side? All right, so the problem we're talking about today um, is staff shortages. Um, finding employees has never been harder. Is that the experience that you guys have been having? Yeah, we've even experienced that on our side too. Um, when we've hired, we're typically, like I might have been able to hire like within a month, two months um, for our team, like that's gone into a year of really finding the right help. So I don't think any particular industry is ne necessarily immune, but it probably just looks a little different. Um, is that, like have you seen longer light, like cycles for getting team members or just having a hard time getting people to even apply? I personally feel like I have to go after people yeah like I have to go onto a site and pull them into me mm -hmm. rather than them applying to us yeah 100% okay 
So we're gonna go through some of the reasons here, and I'm not trying to depress everybody, but let's get really depressed at the beginning, and then we can like <laughs> work into some work into some <laughs> work into some solutions at the end. But um, the first one is the boomer exodus. Is that something that you guys have heard of? So the great retirement that happened, um, a lot of that was re related to the pandemic. So I'm just going to read through some stats here for us. Um, but 30 million baby boomers left the job force in the third quarter of 2020, compared to 3.2 million the same quarter a year earlier. So 30 million versus 3.2 million is extremely significant. So like based on that alone, um, you would expect to have trouble with just having anybody available to be working. Um, so a lot of that was related to pandemic. A larger percentage have come to the realization that they'd be happier and live more fulfilling lives not doing what they were doing. Um, and so it's not because of the pandemic, but it kind of shone a light on that and made it easier for them to kind of navigate out. Um, another stat, there is 75% of baby boomers plan to retire early. So it's not just a past problem, it's something that we can project to continue happening in the future. Um, is that something you've been noticing on your teams? Has it been a baby boomer issue or maybe one of these other reasons that we're going to bring up? Okay. Um, another reason is the great skill divide. So because a lot of these baby boomers are leaving or other people that are leaving that potentially had these positions previously, the applicants coming in aren't necessarily meeting that skill level required to do the positions that are now open. So a few stats related to this. 87% um, of companies worldwide have a skills gap or expect within a few expect to within a few years. So at least that means you're not alone. <laughs> you know, it doesn't solve the problem for you. Um, one thing I did think was interesting is that millennials and Gen Zs either lack the interest or the experience to replace the boomers. There's just not enough new talent with the skills that employees need. So the other statistic there um, is 250%. So in evolving work environments, leaders who invest in soft skill training produced a more than 250% return on investment. Um, is that something that you currently have happening in your workforce? Are your, what that means is when you do hire somebody, are you putting time into training their soft skills, their communication, um, how they work within the workforce, or is it just very specific to the skill that you need them to do, like whether that's in a manufacturing environment or in a more of an office environment. Is that something that comes up at all for you guys? Probably just the skills, I would say. Okay. All right, the third reason there is a changing lifestyle and changing lifestyle expectations. This is a big one. I think like there was just such a huge shift when the pandemic happened for people having an awakening <laughs> that, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be at a traditional um, eight to five, nine to five. Uh, what else is out there that I can explore where potentially just inertia kept them moving in the same field previously, where now they're awake to other opportunities. So how do we make your opportunity more compelling than that specific life expectation they now have? Um, so the static pool there is that 78% of people mostly working from home want to continue to do so permanently so a change happened they either were forced into work from home and now they're not wanting to come back is that something that you guys have seen in either of your yeah and then at the other stat there is a number of u.s gig workers which i think is pretty interesting and a kind of a new category of workers that i'll describe 
Um, so like part-time contract rose to 51.1 million in 2021, which is 34% annual growth. So like using an example for Sanctuary, where we have full-time employees on our team. Um, so if I'm gonna go like a developer, like a developer who's like coding websites, um, there are people that went straight freelance. So now they have more control over their schedule. They can still fulfill needs. Um, but then, you know what? On this Monday, I'm not going to work. You know, I'll pick that project up on Tuesday or potentially I'm going to work on an evening uh, one week and I'm not going to work um, during the day. So that's like what they're describing as a gig worker is now people are moving into part-time or contract work who think they have more flexibility but can potentially maintain um, a similar revenue income level. Uh, the fourth reason here, and we've got five total, so I promise the suppressing part will come to an end, <laughs> um, is rising pay requirements. So that can be hard, you know, as a business, you have revenue, you have expenses, and you have a bottom line, um, and you want to reward your team members, but um, sometimes you can afford what you can afford. Um, so how can you still provide value to your team members while you know somehow meeting their expectations? Um, so the stat pulled here is employers are projecting a salary increase of 4.1% for 2023, which is the largest increase since 2008. Um, so then the quote also pulled here was compounding economic conditions and new ways of working are leading organizations to continually reassess their salary budgets to remain competitive. Um, so a lot of things here um, as far as solutions can get a little deeper than just what can we do with digital marketing, um, but really trying to reassess your benefits for the potential candidates you're looking for and how can you overcome that salary question or that salary thing that might be preventing them from starting by other benefits, whether culturally, um, other things that you have in your company that would outweigh that potential stress for them. Uh, so nearly 40% of employers have changed their compensation programs to include short and long-term incentives, and another 35% are continuing considering to do so. So that's something that is just to keep top of mind um, when you have your position out there, understanding your competitive landscape. Are people being offered a potentially like similar or a more competitive wage than a similar position like your own? Um, and trying to come up with creative packages to help entice them to come, whether that be through sign-on bonuses or um, other incentivized, um, potentially like percentage increases if this production is met, um, different things like that. Okay, the fifth reason um, is elevated values focus. And I've been trying to kind of lead the conversation in this way, but there's a lot that can be done with values and culture that can overcome some of those earlier reasons. Um, that were listed previously. Um, but the stat here is that 50% of job seekers said they evaluate potential employers by their company culture. Is this something that's come up in interviews for you where um, candidates are leading with questions about what you do in the community or what you think about certain things or how you help team members? Is that something that you've noticed or your HR teams have noticed? How much? We've noticed that on our side, um, whether that be in the interview itself or even post-interview and follow-up, if that's not something you're doing of, you know, these are things that are important to me, or I'm deciding because. Um, so one thing that we've noticed here is to ask those questions in your interview. If you're not putting yourself out there and asking what's important to them, that that's something you really should consider. Because you might think 
that's not really a consideration. You know, maybe it's not, um, but it could just be because you're not presenting it in that way. You're not asking those questions of like, yes, I care to work for a company that values X, Y, Z um, in the community that's helping and putting themselves out there. So that's something that um, can be something that you can integrate into even the job interview process. So the other stat here is 79% of job seekers use social media when conducting their job search. So it's not happening in isolation. So if you're driving to a landing page or it's on Indeed or wherever you're trying to hire at, it's not that that's the only place that they're, they're looking to figure out if they should apply for the position. They're looking at your website. They're looking at your social media properties to see, is this a company that I want to work for? Does it look like they value their team members? Does it look like they're doing things together? Do I want to show up here every single day? Am I going to be happy? Um, so they're looking for social cues to, to before they're pushing the button to apply. Okay. So is anyone here depressed now? And I'm sorry, there's more food in the lobby if that yeah. helps you through that question. Uh, but anything that you guys want to provide insight on of what your primary struggles have been with hiring, I'd love to hear. Um, and if not, happy to also roll on. But if there's any frustrations you want to get out, you have a platform to do that. I think ours is just maintaining. You know, you go through the onboarding process. Mm -hmm. They're going to come in, and maybe they do. But for a day or two, and they just don't show up anymore. Um, and it really has been all age groups. It's mm -hmm. not like just always the young ones or, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the young ones are, are more likely to do that, mm -hmm. but it, it definitely has been all age groups. Okay. Do you guys have not like, have you gained any insight from exit interviews? Or are they like, no, they're not coming to that. you got to find them. <laughs> yeah. 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 do that Absolutely. if they just walk away. Right. Hmm. Is that what you guys have been experiencing too? Absolutely. And then I contact them and I get no return call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's basically just just wondering what happened, you know, right. why you left the way you did. Can you, right. you know, give me yeah. a call back and let me know, but it never happened. So you're in a perpetual until they want their paycheck, and then it's, hey, where's my paycheck? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I met a guy at the door one day. I need my paycheck. Yeah. Talk to HR. Yeah. Why? Just quit my job. Yeah. Just quit yeah. your job. You yeah. Need your paycheck. yeah. Yeah, so it is that double-edged sword of like, how do you stop that from happening? But in the meantime, it's still happening. So how do we fill the funnel to get people to come in to work to hopefully be your most qualified? But I don't think that's so. a now problem. I think that's always a problem. Okay. You're always going to have those few people that do those things. Sure. Yeah. I think it's probably more prevalent now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think it's always it's been an ongoing issue. Oh yeah, you're never going to keep somebody forever, no, but that that time has definitely decreased. At least the input we've gotten from clients is, I'm just shocked that I hired this guy yesterday, right. and the next day he doesn't come, or he went out to his car for lunch and he's gone. Seems excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think another thing that we have are the culture who are working with these new hires. Mm -hmm. It's you know manufacturing environment get out there and do that and, and I don't know how much a role that plays but yeah. they're not changing their approach either if that makes sense. Yeah so. it really does. I think also the problem with that whole scenario is the fact that we put so much effort and time into finding people right now because they are hard to come by mm -hmm. that when that happens it's right. like oh very frustrating not again you know it's, yeah because it's hard to get people in the door and yeah, sell yes. them on ourselves to say, yes, mm -hmm. hey, I want to work here. 
and then to have that happen, yes. it's very defeating. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can come to you with some tools that makes that front end a little less hard, that manually at least, so we can help you put a better digital foot forward um, to take some of that pressure off of you guys. Okay, so now we're gonna get into the playbook, which the first is build your brand story. You just alluded to that, like putting so much work into showing them who you are, selling yourself to them. Um, so this is something, if you're not doing it already, that would be like, first step we would highly recommend um, is to fully incorporate your values um, and your brand on your site. So a lot of times um, companies we work with, they'll do a really fantastic job of selling their product, um, providing testimonials, providing all kinds of things for why to buy from them, but not why to work for them so or work for you. So the same way you're trying to sell your products, you really need to sell yourself on your site. So have really compelling landing pages to do that, where you're highlighting your values, showcasing your people, telling stories through testimonials and video for why people work there, especially longevity and people that have worked there for a long time and why they're doing that. And to showcase your perks, I put um, just a few examples up here on some sites of like loving your work and showcasing um, team members together and creating career stories. So similar there, like not just testimonials, but like case studies of when I started working here, I was at this level and now I'm this. And just through career growth and like new opportunities that are available for to them because they stuck with it. Um, and hopefully that will help to draw the right people in um, and also get people to convert at a higher rate than potentially they're converting now. Is that something that you guys feel like you're doing on your site currently or that you would have room for growth on? We don't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we do a little bit of that on social media more than we do update our website. Yeah. Yeah. So this Mackenzie's is, real good at putting those things when we have employee that's things that happen and you know, we do put them out there, but mm -hmm. not on our site as much yeah. as social media. Yeah, um, we've had even, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, we're the bee's knees or anything like that, but just some examples even of we've done so many interviews to uh, as well ourselves, um, but just people saying, you know, I applied here because I looked at your social media, I looked at your um, job profiles on your site, um, and I looked at why you picked your name, you know, and it was compelling to me. Like, it looked like people there really buy into the culture, and I wanted to interview there because of that. I think any of that stuff, it really, truly does play out in people converting more um, into applying. So if you wanted us to help you with any ideas on that, we'd be more than happy to do that. Um, but um, I'm going to keep moving on into other ways you can integrate that. So like you mentioned, um, Mackenzie, um, incorporating that into your social media. That's another way, like first step website. Next step, make sure you have that being displayed and pushed out on your social media as well. Because like I mentioned earlier in the presentation, people are going to social media before they're applying to see if that's true. You're saying this in the job description, but let's see if that walks itself out on your website and in your social media channels. Um, so some things that we just showed some examples here of just showcasing team. So like bare minimum, here's some things that you could be incorporating into a content calendar. So your social should not be pushing out, this is why you should buy from us, buy from us, buy from us, buy from us. Because uh, people get turned off from that. They're like, okay, I got it. I know what you do. It's not why I'm following you here. <laughs> you know, I want to see who you are. Like storytelling is just so much more important on social than it ever has been of the who you are versus the what you have. 
Um, so some things listed here um, are employee testimonials, um, nonprofit or community events that you guys are hosting, team building events, continuing education, industry conferences, work anniversaries, team collaboration, employee takeovers, even like you could have somebody out, you know, depends what you can show or not. <laughs> um, you don't want to give away all your trade secrets. <laughs> um, but even just like an in-the-office day of like a day in the life of somebody like doing a takeover and like what does a typical day look like? That's what people are interested to know. They want a behind-the-scenes sneak peek look at who you are, what you're doing. Are those things that you guys think you could incorporate into your plans? Or is that challenging? Yeah. Um, so any, like some feedback we've gotten from people is like, yeah, we want to do that. It's just finding the time. The challenge is getting somebody that knows how to do that mm -hmm. internally. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And can, like you say, time. Fine. You know, we're, all doing our, we're all doing our jobs, plus other ones to get up to do yeah. what we're doing. Right. And, you know, do you suggest, you know, maybe having a employee team that does some of this stuff? <coughs> yeah. Um, so things that we've seen work as far as when we integrate is it doesn't always have to be our direct point of contact on the team to be the one to give us the input because that's typically a roadblock because usually like our point of contact is like a director of marketing or sometimes a business owner or a marketing manager who already is wearing a ton of different hats but we found the best success when that's been delegated to another team member internally who's like on the ground floor so to speak they're out and about like doing the things um, but working off of a content calendar like these are the types of posts that I want to do so please try to capture XYZ things or having a once a quarter photo shoot. So you have these great different team shots that then can be integrated throughout month one, month two, month three, and then tying that in. Like you can have posts about your values where you're showcasing your team, um, but just commenting about it's this value that's being showcased. That photo doesn't have to happen that day. Like if you have good assets that can be integrated, um, how we also do that too, if you have graphic designers on your team, great. If you don't, we can also help with some of that too. Like you can create custom graphics that they don't all have to be a picture of your team, uh, but we can create like brand graphics that can do that too, or you could do that on your own. Um, but the easiest thing is to capture events in photography, how they're happening, because now that, you know, smartphones have been around for a while, like everybody's got a, a camera with them at all times. And then you can edit those pictures. You don't have to use all of them, but um, that's what we've seen work best is providing structure to somebody else on the team and like delegating that to them. And then you can be the reviewer, the manager, making sure everything's on brand um, before it goes out. Okay, the next play is to just cover the basics. So sometimes we've seen clients where it's like we want to do everything, like nothing's working, like we want to do everything big and great, and then you forget about the foundational stuff that's just going to start continue to work. Um, so sorry if this is like, yeah, you know, I know this, but I just felt like if I didn't say this, I would be doing a disservice to making sure it's happening. Um, but Indeed is the most popular um, and all-encompassing of all the job boards. Are you guys on Indeed? Um, so 61.3 million monthly users there, um, sponsored job matching and prospect messaging, proactive job invitation capabilities. Um, so Gen Z is less likely, though, than millennials to actually use job boards. Uh, so especially as time goes on, like these are less relied upon. So I think that's why people have been like transitioning away from a job board mentality or that feels like really old school. Um, but the fact that the matter is there's still a lot of traffic that's being driven there. And if your audience isn't Gen Z, then you don't care that <laughs> Gen Z doesn't 
like Indeed. Um, but just making sure you have good foundational exposure on job boards is going to be like a key foundational play, just like a seatbelt on a car. That's a thing um, that should be happening. Um, there's different ways, too. You can integrate your listings on your site um, so it doesn't feel duplicative. I think that's a word, guys. <laughs> so you can have it there, but you can also link um, to those listings, too. Um, so just calling out um, that's something that you should have there as a foundation. Um, I guess the other note that um, was implied, but that rather than job boards, a lot of that audience is looking to social media to find what positions are available. Anywhere from TikTok, you know, to LinkedIn, to, um, you know, to Facebook is still obviously like a big channel for that. So when you're hiring now too, you need to think like a marketer and not a recruiter. So I think that recruiter mindset was almost like, you know, they're just going to come to me, you know, and I'm just going to, it's going to be easy. I'm going to put one thing out there and then it's just going to happen uh, where that's just not how it works anymore. So when I say think like a marketer, um, one, we're putting them in different buckets. Like you were saying, you need to attract passive, but also active candidates where you have to go out and get people versus relying on them to come in. So the first step, like within a marketing campaign, is to create personas for who you're looking for. Um, so is that something, like a word you guys are familiar with? Or, no? Okay. So really it's like describing who that ideal candidate is, just like you would to attract a lead for someone who wants to buy your product. So this person is but their demographics and their psychographics. So this person is age bracket, this person is income bracket this, this person is geo this, this person has interest in X, Y, Z, um, and really fleshing that out. So when you're setting up audiences for new campaigns, your ad budget goes as far as it can, tied to the tightest audience. Uh, because you don't wanna just blanket it out to everybody if you can really hone in on who's gonna convert best to your ads based on your different positions. And that's gonna look different if I am a factory worker versus if I'm an, a desk job person. Like, what are my interests? How do I look different? And what are those personas? You're really supposed to like label those personas internally so you're like, um, what's a, like, a fun persona name off the top like of your head? factory friend. Or yeah, something like something where just like, Okay, that you're all on the same page as a marketing team of, oh, I know who Factory Fred is. He likes this. He does this on the weekends. He has a family or not. You know, he yada, yada. So you, you can really hone in on that. And that's going to affect not just your audience setup, but how you're speaking to Factory Fred and your ad messaging, how your landing page content is tailored and geared toward him to really convert, not just a blanket landing page for everybody. Okay, um, the next thing I noted here was to consider what channels are ideal for those candidates too. So once you've honed in, I'm just gonna keep using Factory Fred here, but once you've honed in on who Factory Fred is, TikTok's probably off the table, I would think, for Factory Fred. He's like, oh my gosh, these kids are in TikTok. Yeah. Factory Fred's not into that. <laughs> um, I'm also not on TikTok personally, so I get you, Factory Fred. But, uh, <laughs> um, but the other side of that is, so just some specifics there. This is what we're talking about with the passive promotion. If I'm actively looking for a job, we wanna suck those people in. 
but not all people are actively looking for a job. There's a ton of people sitting around that are disgruntled. They don't like their current place, but they're not necessarily looking, but they know they want something a little different. But when that opportunity presents itself with the right offer, the right messaging on the right channel, then hey, you know what? I think I'm going to look into that because I'm not happy here and I want, and people like that earlier statistic, they're leaving jobs earlier and spending less time on a job than anywhere else. So that's kind of working to your benefit in a way and also to your detriment. Um, so really putting that message out there proactively. Um, so just some notes here. Millennials spend more time on LinkedIn. Um, Gen Z likes creative YouTube videos. So if videos aren't something that you've considered before, it's definitely something we would recommend to really show your culture coming to life. Um, these are the reasons why they should work there. This is what the job actually looks like that you would be doing. These are the people you would actually be working with um, to compel them to work there. And then you can augment that content to shorten it for, for Google ads versus social ads or just on your website landing page and really repurpose it. And pretty much safe bet, if all things are um, remain equal, is uh, Facebook remains a favorite for a lot of people for job search. So if you don't have resources internally or budget to go on all channels, typically, unless your persona is definitely outside of Facebook, it's a really great first place to start to test the waters to getting ads going. There's tons of different types of ads. I know you all have tried different Facebook ads and not every Facebook ad is remain, you know, is equal. Um, but also you have to really make sure you're driving them to a landing page that's gonna get them to convert to. It's not the ad only itself. Um, the last note here too is consider promoting by job type as well. Um, so the, the example I have is developers may be more likely to spend time on GitHub where there's a lot of different developer opportunities there. Um, so know your, this is just another part that plays into that persona, like know your audience, where they are, and really truly understand where you're gonna find the most people based on where they're at the most. And then for active candidates, different than passive, if you're not utilizing Google search, is a definite that you should integrate into your campaigns. So job boards just aren't, cutting it anymore foundationally when people are actively searching they're not going to right to indeed.com and looking for positions there's there's they're going to google um, and saying hey is there a job like this in my area so you want to be the first one that shows up as that opportunity and not your competitor down the street um, about 70% of job searches begin on google so just based on that fact alone is um, you know enough impetus to really drive consideration for using that channel are both of you guys using Google search currently? No. Um, that's something for sure to consider uh, for active candidates. Um, and that structure and setup would happen just like attracting somebody as a new business. Um, your key phrase list just is gonna look different. Your landing pages are gonna look a lot different because you're promoting yourself instead. Okay, so number four, making applying easy. <laughs> this can sometimes be a hardest hurdle to jump over, especially like as marketing and HR join forces because they're specific yeah, things. <laughs> as you attempt to join forces. <laughs> um, you know, we understand and we've seen this across a lot of our clients 
that HR has specific requirements that they want to know before they interview somebody. Um, and that has become challenging on the marketing side in the form of form creation, where potentially you're requesting way too much information up front. And we've seen that statistically on the back end of sites where, okay, this applicant, you lost 70% of your applicants because they filled out the first three form, three um, text box fields. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> Think of that. Um, fields on the form and then they bounced out because it's like too much for them to handle. <laughs> But it is, you know. Um, and that, she even you, made a voice for Factory Bread. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but it, it truly is, and honestly, just how fast moving everything is right now. You know, you sit down, nobody has time anymore, you know, and it is just real. And it, as frustrating as it can be, it's like, come on, I'm just asking you for pertinent information to do this job. Like, you'd think it would be easy, but it's just not. So, um, we really recommend, I'm just going to read this out really quick, but according to HR consultants with monster.com, you can't have the application process that takes a half hour to 45 minutes. People just want to supply their name, their phone number, their email address, their interest, potentially attach a resume, and then the rest of it happens when they meet with HR. If the process is too long, you lose people. 54% of Gen Z won't complete an application if your recruiting methods are outdated. So our advice is to avoid long forms at all costs um, and to get just the pertinent information up front so they're input into your funnel. And then you can follow up on the back end. If you're losing people anyway, even when they fill out the long form, you've really got nothing to lose um, on that front end. Um, so just a specific note there is we recommend to use tools like lead ads um, that are on social versus traffic ads where you can get their information right in the feed versus driving them to the website. Okay, so number five is communicate, which seems very obvious. Uh, but just to stay top of mind post-interview scheduling, and I know that can be hard when you're like, okay, finally got them on the hook. I'm still working hard on getting more people in. But once, especially with people not showing up to interviews or leaving, to really think of your process. Like, what is your onboarding process? What is What does that look like? Is it just setting the interview? Then no one talks to them until they're supposed to show up. And then after that, they agree for the job. Like, what does that look like after they agree to the job? Do they still get that warm welcome in those next few weeks? Or is it like, all right, we've got somebody, and I'll put them out there, and like, good luck. Um, so that a lot of that is really considering, like, taking that marketing mindset all the way through um, to the team member accepting the interview, showing up to the interview, accepting the position, and then when they start, just really weaving that all throughout, and hopefully that really rises up in your culture. This stat I was kind of shocked about. I wanted to call somebody at Business Insider and be like, is this real? Because I don't know. But as many as 90% of candidates don't turn up to interviews, and I feel like that sounds high, but also just from personal experience, we've seen it happen so much that it's hard for me to say, I don't know, I mean, maybe that is, and that's kind of sad. Um, so it just shows the importance of really integrating that into strategy of upping the communication during that process. And then checking in and reinforcing benefits and values. I don't know if you guys are like me, how many of you are in the interviews? Are you, yeah. Um, every interview is so different, you know, and you try to cover each of the 
important things in the interview, but depending if the conversation goes left or right, or they really want to talk about a specific thing about their history, or you're more interested in learning about XYZ, you don't always get to cover all the great things about you. You don't always get to cover all the cultural stuff that you have going on or all the things you're doing out in the community. Um, so it would be a really great opportunity to develop like a drip campaign even to those people that um, are potentially interested that automates that conversation happening. So you have their email address. You know you want to touch on your key, your, um, key values. You want to talk about your mission. You want to reinforce the benefits um, that they can have long term. Potentially if you create that great video content up front for your landing page, hey, here's some testimonials of our team like working together. I'd love to continue the conversation. Like really, really doing that so it's less manual work for you, um, but they still get that richness um, in who you are. All right, well that covers, what time are we at? I wanted to make... Uh, 10 till. All right, so I wanted to make sure not to go over there, so I did it. Um, that covers everything we want to go over today, but I'd like to open it up. Do you guys have questions, um, input, anything you, that I can help with, or the rest of the team? I think I tried to do that um, before with the, like you said, creating the personas. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and I could be wrong here, but I think there was like a barrier there with the age um, because it was seen as discriminatory if you mm -hmm. only advertise to a certain age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are some, there are limitations, okay. you're right, on how you can create the specific audience on like Facebook mm -hmm. or Google. But you still need to know okay. those attributes internally. I wish you could use those still, yeah. but I understand. I understand the thought process by why not, but you need to understand that as far as how you're communicating to them in the ads, like what's your tone, like what words are you using with them, what content are you putting on the landing page, does it appeal to that audience, whether or not like the actual audience set on social can include those specifics, but maybe you can attack that in a different way. Then I want people who are following XYZ pages because I know predominantly they are in this income bracket, they are in this age group. So I'm gonna get them that way without maybe specifying that specifically, but you still want your messaging centered around that. It's still a good idea to know those attributes even if you can't explicitly use some of them. But yeah, I mean, that is a bummer. Yeah. Are you convinced yeah. your age or are you changing? <laughs> yeah, truly. When they do not want to. You know, I'm sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. She's an HR assistant or HR manager. Yeah. So we have we had the 35 page application on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had ads. They say they don't look good. Mm -hmm. um, as far as video stuff, no, don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. It's a, a hurdle we know. No manager training. The managers do the interviewing, so. Yeah. I just wonder if there's potentially more opportunity. I know this used to be like a sales and marketing hurdle where like they're just doing two different things where somehow figuring out how to bridge that gap of maybe they're invited to some marketing meetings so they're heard on like, listen, this is why we don't wanna do this. And maybe it's a reason we can overcome, you know, or a hurdle we can overcome that you guys have probably talked so many times internally, like sometimes it does take an external voice to, to help or to hear what the problems are. And, and maybe there's worries or concerns there that just, aren't real anymore you know so I would say that's potentially a good first step and then maybe just I'm sure they've got to be feeling pain too like look we're trying to help 
you know, um, and just really figuring out how you can come together as a team and, and hear those pain points, but like same team, we're same team here, you know, and share some of these statistics even, you know, this is stuff that's just, it's not just us, you know, it's not, it's not a Brewster problem, you know, this is a total like U.S. problem that's going on now. So like, here's things that are proven statistically to work. So we should try it, you know, and I know you're like, yeah, they're like, no, but you know, just taking one next step, I think is the best thing to do. I think you have to be really open-minded because the way things were even five years ago, and then you go into 2020 when all hell breaks loose, then into today, you have to really change the way you're thinking about human resources and and how you're hiring people and how you're keeping people, and you have to go to mm-hmm. those audiences, but you also have to work with the girl that knows how to do all these things, because it's certainly not me. Yeah. You know, I can interview and hire and do all these things, but, you know, Mackenzie is the artist here, not me. By the you know, she knows how to do all those things. So her and I work a lot together, and, you know, she still pushes me. Mm-hmm. Like, get with the program lady. Come on. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, with the QR codes on our stuff, and I'm like, my guys aren't going to do this QR code thing. And we've tried it, and we do it, but, you know, they yeah. some do and some don't. Right. But... You know, that's her Get forte. And but yeah. you have to be able to work together with that person and make these things happen or there's not gonna be any change. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure you agree do. with Truck Corp. We're in Perry Township. We built dump trucks and commercial landscaping equipment, snow plows. Is that the old cross truck? No, it used to be American Road Machinery. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think to your point too is marketing is testing you know and there's a theory that you're leading with and if the theory is this worked for xyz other people let's test it you know you're not saying let's do this for the rest of our life you know you're saying let's try this to see if it helps get people in the door and if that doesn't work then let's try the next thing and if that doesn't work then let's try the next thing but keep me keep doing the same thing if it's not working isn't the plan and it could even just be as easy as sharing the statistics that she showed. Yeah. Of, you know, people that, you know, do bounce off the website after filling in only three text boxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did okay. that. We, we did, did that. that. We did that. Yeah. But that did, they did reduce the form. 3,000 jobs just with Amazon, Hendrickson Turner, yeah. TSC, mm-hmm. and that's what the 10 mile radius of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, because I, we're, I we're right off Navarre Road, yeah. close to Mary, <laughs> so or in that same vicinity, and it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to reach out to the group that you're wanting, like she said, and that's where McKenzie comes in because she knows how to do those kinds of things. And, and the social media and those those other opportunities that we didn't always use before. Yeah. They were there, but we didn't use them. Mm-hmm. You have to use them now. Mm-hmm. But you have, to, you have to change your way of thinking. You don't just do everything by paper and pencil and the old-fashioned way anymore. You just can't. There's too much competition, and wages are too, you know, you're paying way more, and you have to put a lot more effort into that person. And I find myself, I am selling our company to a potential applicant probably more than that person is selling themselves to me. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 I have a whole list of, and I run the gamut of everything that we do and we offer, and 
But I find like the younger, and, and I don't want to like put them all, but they don't really care about the benefits. <laughs> what? You just did. I just did. <laughs> I, I, but I, we hire obviously all ages. So people who are 40 and over say, oh wow, you have all these, and the younger ones, they don't even want to care. They're all mom and dad's and turns, and they don't care. Mm -hmm. Well, and so I approach them with that though. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you're this old, and pretty I soon do. you're going to have to pay for your own benefits. And Absolutely. This is what we offer, and you know, we have these bonuses, and we have this, you know, stay bonus after right. a certain length of time. And and oh, by the way, we did Christmas in July, and mm -hmm. you know, gave away all these gifts and a raffle, right. and yeah. literally had Christmas dinner catered yes. in. Oh, you know, wow. to, yeah, because sure. we have. Sure so <laughs> You know, we have cookouts once a month in the summertime. You know, right. we bought a grill and you know, cost us a few hundred dollars to right. feed them. But it's morale building and it's it bonding and it really does help. It does. And they enjoy that. And, mm -hmm. and you, you have to put across <coughs> to them that you care that they work there. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've tried to do in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I think all that stuff sounds really compelling, <laughs> but you only get to say it when people are in front of you. Right. You know, so if that's not on your site that you're doing all of those things that they're seeing that, like, that's a that's a really like loss there. And I know? think that's where we were. What, we yeah, because it's yeah. on our social media. Yeah, she does a good job putting those things on mm -hmm. there, those events, but it's not on our website. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's more social media because how many people go to the website first? They yeah. don't. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're driving your ads there, I think that's the point behind it. You need to have a really great, compelling landing page that's going to get people to convert. So for the people that are actively searching, I think it's different. It's both, you know, for the passive audience, like for the people you're getting out in front of on social media, um, that's what they're seeing first. But for the people actively searching for a job, they're finding your landing page. And if your landing page just says, we're hiring with a link to a form, you're, they're not getting that, right. Yeah. Right. you know, and if they take the extra step to go look at your social media, then maybe you get that if you have it on your social. But what if that event happened a few weeks ago or a few years, like eight months ago, they're not, they're not getting to all of that um, nutrient. So it is important to have both. Keep everything to the forefront. Mm -hmm. One of our issues on our social media is we have three different plants in three different areas of the country. Mm -hmm. One plant in Bristol, Ohio does a tremendous job for the employees. Mm -hmm. Cooking, gifts, giveaways, whatever. The other two plants kind of don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then you get the, well, Bristol's doing this, why is the stock doing this? Mm -hmm. Type thing. So I don't post a lot on social media of those type of events because I don't want to kick back from the police. Mm -hmm. Is there a different way to handle that? Besides doing it at all three plants. The other two plants are fairly exactly. remote. And there's just no way to do the things we do in a health plan. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that has to look the same. I don't think it's always a meal or that's always a thing. It's like in that location, what are things you could do that might not look like a meal, but it might look like something else that's happened internally. Like maybe, you know, we, we've let people like clock off. I'm not saying you do that. This is the thing. But like we've let people clock off two hours early and still get paid like five times this year or like whatever that random thing is that you're doing because you know what people work hard and this is how we're rewarding them or maybe it's other like your community things like it doesn't always have to be that like those things are great but that's not always the thing I think that's part of knowing your audience and what you can do and it's not a one-size-fits-all because things are going to look different um, so I wouldn't not post because of the exceptions 
I think, you know, you need to include what you are actively doing as, like, really great things. Um, one thing that Lauren didn't really talk about, but I was just thinking that some of, the, of our clients do is, like, to when you post on social media, um, putting that out to your employees and saying, share mm-hmm. this post, so that I'm saying, hey, I work at Sanctuary, come here and work, it's a great mm-hmm. place to work. Um, and then you can even do like giveaways for everyone that shared that post, like someone wins a $10 gift card or something, you know, even mm-hmm. just very small, but it, it's an incentive right. for them to share that post, mm-hmm. and people seeing that post are like, oh, that person works there, if they're telling other people to come, then mm-hmm. it must be a good place to work, so... Yeah, that's a really great point. And there's also platforms that can help facilitate that too. One that we've used in the past is Social Toaster. So you can make social sharing easier across your team. Like if you have a really big team, that might, if you have a smaller team, maybe that's easier to manage, just asking them to share the post. But if you have a larger team, that can be hard to facilitate manually. Um, So on a platform like that, um, you can, there's an email that's pushed out to everybody like within your team staff that already has the posts on that email that you want them to share that's linked up to all the right profiles all they have to do is like push that one button in that email and it automatically shares to their feed Uh, so and then it's gamified so then they get rewards for doing that internally like we have clients that have used that for us in the past they set their reward monthly so whether that be a gift card that they can win if they're the one that shares the most or the one that comments the most Yes, sharing is great, but also just having an active feed is what you want to. So you want people to look engaged. Like, okay, this is these are people that really are engaged with what's going on in the company. Anyway, I can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. Any other input questions? We've got a couple minutes left here. Or you can get more food. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in, um, you know, and I think Tom's probably going to close us out, out here because he's got um, a note on some stuff that we'll be sending your way. This has been the Academy Podcast where you get the tools, tips, and advice you need to grow your business. As always, thanks for listening. Please visit us at academypodcast.com to find your way to more great content. You can stay connected with us on social media or by subscribing to emails that are full of additional news, advice, downloads, webinars, and special content. The Academy is a service of Sanctuary. Visit us online at sanctuarymg.com If you need a partner to help you grow your business, if I can help you in any way, please connect with me on social media or email me directly at chris, C-H-R-I-S, at sanctuarymg.com. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment and leave us a review. It really helps us out and our team will greatly appreciate the feedback. Thanks again for listening and I hope we'll connect again soon in the near future.